You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. Today's episode features a conversation on pharmacy benefits management, the role of pharmacies in vaccination efforts throughout the state, and a prescription discount card program that has cumulatively saved New York residents across 49 counties over $277 million on over 7 million prescriptions. Joining NYSAC's Deputy Director Mark Levine for the conversation are representatives from a long-standing partner of NYSAC's, PROACT, a division of KPH Healthcare Services. My name is Mark Levine, and I am the Deputy Director of your New York State Association of Counties. It is my pleasure today to be talking with one of our longstanding partners, PROACT. PROACT is a company that was uh, created and grew right here in upstate New York, in the North Country. Uh, And we have been partners with PROACT we, NYSAC, the counties across New York State, have partnered with PROACT since 2005. It's a long-standing relationship that we have had that started with a pharmaceutical drug discount card program that was in each county across New York, helping New Yorkers save money on their prescription drugs. We'll get a little bit more into that as we get go further along, but that's a little bit of background on how long that we have been working together and why we're here today to talk about pharmaceutical benefit management companies, the prescription drug card, vaccines in New York. And I wanna thank our partners, Arison Rodriguez and John Marafo to be, for being here today to give us a little bit of insight into what's happening um, across New York today. I'd like to start out with, um, with a question for Erson Rodriguez about, you know, generally, can you talk about what PROACT is, what you do, a little bit more about yourself, and then turn it over to John to talk about his role in, in Pro, PROACT. Thank you. Sure. Thanks, Mark. Certainly appreciate the opportunity to jump on with you guys here today. Um, as you mentioned, we've had a longstanding relationship with NYSAC uh, dating back over 15 years. Uh, from the PROAC side, it obviously started as an organic relationship whereby we deployed a prescription drug discount card program um, that we leveraged to build relationships candidly with uh, participating counties of, of NYSAC. Um, the first line of, uh, of, of our relationship was that cash card program, which was deployed specifically to address the uninsured or underinsured needs of constituents living within participating counties of, of NYSAC. Um, our, uh, the founding, foundational or cornerstone uh, uh, endorsing county was actually St. Lawrence County that approached us understood very well what we did on the employee uh, prescription plan side and asked us, hey, you guys do a great job in terms of managing employee prescription plans for the counties. Uh, Do you have anything that could bring financial uh, relief at the pharmacy counter for constituents that don't have any type of uh, prescription drug coverage? So that's kind of how we organically got that program going. And the philosophy behind our approach to that program was really um, fostering and building credibility with municipalities in hopes that if and when 
um, the employee prescription plan uh, contract came up for renewal that we would be able, able to leverage that credibility and rapport in hopes of getting perhaps a look at earning uh, the county's business and ultimately administering their uh, prescription, uh, their employee prescription plan. Uh, for some context relative to KPH in general, which is our parent company, Proact uh, is part of KPH Healthcare Services. And KPH Healthcare Services at its core is comprised of today, what looks like today as five distinct, but what we like to say are complementary business segments. Um, all serve ultimately uh, existing and serving the pharmacy healthcare needs of the communities that we operate within. Cornerstone of the organization is Kinney Drugs, which uh, you know, initiated in 1903 uh, with one brick and mortar location uh, in Governor, New York. Um, and organically uh, over the last you know, 100 plus years that, that division has grown today to be comprised of, I believe we're at 97 brick and mortar locations that are scattered throughout central, central New York, Northern New York and Vermont. Um, as we navigated over the you know, following hundred years uh, after our, our, that division's inception, the board of directors fully recognized that the pharmacy, uh, you know, pharmacy retail landscape was, was, was due to, to encounter some choppy waters ahead and chose to diversify the organization in general. And that's where um, these additional four divisions got introduced over the last handful of years. Um, obviously, PROACT is our pharmacy benefit management division. Um, so we work to administer um, and work with self-insured employer groups or counties and municipalities, private, public organizations to administer the, the, the pharmacy benefits uh, for their employees. Um, we own and operate our own mail order facility that's domiciled in Governor New York, um, serving uh, the, the, the mail order needs of clients and their members, not just in, in New York State, but today we're ultimately serving clients and their members in virtually every state across the country. Um, obviously, Central New York uh, and, and New York in general is near and dear to us because if you asked us five years ago uh, where most of our business was coming from, uh, I would say that 90% of it was coming from New York State. Uh, today, that, that's, that's shifted quite a bit. We've actually aligned ourselves with some sales folks across the country, engaged with new partners across the country. And um, right now, we're probably seeing 50% of our new business coming from outside of the state, which, which obviously we're proud of. So we're, we're adhering to a strategic and managed growth approach, um, obviously never neglecting our home turf, um, who ultimately gave us our start in the, in the PBM space. The third division is Health Direct, which is our institutional pharmacy services division. So they serve the needs, of the pharmacy healthcare needs of nursing homes, assisted living facilities, and jails. Um, and then we also have Noble Health Services, which is our specialty pharmacy. Uh, they've got two locations, one right here off a of Carrier Circle in East Syracuse, and they also have a location in Jackson, Mississippi. So that division is serving the, 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 the pharmacy healthcare needs of, of individuals that are dealing with chronic or high cost um, uh, conditions. You know, think cancers, high, um, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, hepatitis, HIV, things like that. So ultimately a specialty drug is defined as in the PBM space as a, a drug that carries a high cost and requires special handling. So everything that leaves that facility um, is mailed out uh, with, with overnight shipping so that it arrives at the patient's uh, doorstep the very next day. 
And then probably the most recent addition to the KPH Healthcare Services uh, organization in general is Aristocare, which is our uh, infusion therapy uh, division. Uh, so that, that one uh, has at this point one location just outside of Chicago and uh, joined the, the KPH uh, family late in 2020. Wow. So we've been together uh, as long as I've been here at NISAC, we've had this relationship and, uh, and we've known each other since then, Arison. And I got to tell you, I've already learned something. So I appreciate this conversation. I'm learning more about our relationship and, and what you all bring to the table. So that's a great thing. Uh, and I want to also say I grew up in St. Lawrence County and I grew up going to Kinney drugstores. So uh, I'm, I'm well aware of, uh, of the Kinney, the background and um uh, and, and appreciate the, the footprint that, uh, that you have, that KPH has in New York State. Uh, I'd like to turn it over to John now to introduce yourself and your role here uh, in, the, in the KPH uh, team. John. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, John Marafa here. I'm a Vice President of Government Affairs and Healthcare Service Integration that supports all five of those distinct uh, divisions that Arison just spoke about. And my role really within the organization is to um, kind of offer complementary business integration. So talking about how do we kind of integrate and diversify all of the different business units to make sure that they're all aligned on, on the overall uh, corporate mission. Great, and thanks for joining us today. We're going to uh, particularly go to you when we talk about vaccines uh, toward the end of the conversation. So I know you have been involved in working closely with the state of New York uh, over the course of the last five months now as we've rolled out the, the oftentimes complex and a little bit chaotic uh, vaccination program. So thanks for everything that you're doing uh, on behalf of helping to to, uh, to put vaccines in New Yorkers across the state. So, Arison, can you talk a little bit more for our listeners who may not know what the prescription drug discount or pre prescription drug savings program is? When we first started this, we sent out uh, uh, drug cards or little cards to all, um, to every a constituent in a county that could use the card and go to go to their pharmacy to save money if they didn't have insurance to save money on prescription. Can you explain exactly how that works and where we are? I know that that program has shifted over the course of a few years. Absolutely, Mark. So simply put, the prescription drug discount card program that's administered by program by ProAct was was designed and deployed ultimately to address the financial needs of, of, of constituents or uh, residents across New York State. Uh, anytime a person had to pay out of pocket for a prescription drug necessity, this program is intended to pro provide some type of financial relief. Um, so the most prevalent, it's, it's for folks that are completely uninsured or underinsured. And by uninsured, we usually refer to a person that, you know, in today's day, uh, someone that maybe is on a, on a high deductible plan whereby um, they've got to meet a $2,500 deductible and they, they are essentially footing the entire bill um, on, up until that deductible is met. The easy, again, the rule of thumb is anytime a person has to take cash out of their pocket to pay for a prescription drug, um, they potentially, potentially would be able to leverage the prescription discount card program to provide some financial relief. 
it cannot be used in conjunction with other insurance. So you can't use it to reduce the cost of your copay. But what we always tell folks is when you, if you've, if you've got, a, if you're on a plan that has a relatively high deductible or high copay, it most certainly does not hurt to present the prescription discount card program at the phar pharmacy counter to determine if there might be an opportunity for you to mitigate some of your costs. So uh, what we've done over the last you know, 15 years since the program's inception is go county by county seeking endorsements from uh, whether it's the, whatever the governing body is in that individual county, get the endorsement. What the endorsement does for us is ultimately places a stamp of approval in the constituents' eyes. The fact is today, um, you can find 30 different prescription uh, discount card programs that are in the market, haven't ultimately been uh, 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 validated or verified. Um, and it also in, uh, allows us to, uh, you know, five years ago, we used to, um, our main line of defense from a marketing standpoint was actually to mail a card to every household. Um, at this point, we've, we, we feel like we've saturated the state pretty, pretty significantly. At this point, we've got the exclusive endorsement, not just from NYSEC, but actually 51 uh, New York State counties have uh, exclusively endorsed our prescription discount card program. Um, and we're pleased to, to say that, you know, since the program's inception, we've, we've uh, had 7.9 million prescriptions that, are, that have been filled using one of our cards. Uh, the average savings is about 57% or $42.69. Uh, across New York State, uh, participants have saved over $292.3 million. And that's a, you know, not only is it a significant number in and of itself, but that represents $292 million that over the course of this program has gone right back into the constituents' pockets to spend on other necessities. Um, when you think about uh, times in which uh, there's significant unemployment, that could mean the difference between a person, you know, procuring that prescription or not. Um, from the pharmacy's perspective, we definitely don't like to lose sight of the fact that these programs are ultimately funded and made possible uh, thanks to the participation of the, of the uh, participating pharmacy in that given county. Um, they're ultimately uh, compressing their margins or giving up margin in order to facilitate for, for that, that, uh, that, that patient to procure that prescription uh, um, medication. And they do so willingly for two reasons, right? Um, ultimately, it provides access to new business that they otherwise perhaps would not have seen. And um, there's, it, it, it's, it's no secret, there's a, a very specific reason that uh, the, the pharmacy counter is usually at the farthest point in the, in the uh, pharmacy retail store. Um, it's because you've got to walk through the candy aisle, the, the bread aisle, and you know the philosophy is as a, as a way to give back to the communities, the communities in which they, they operate. They accept these cards, they reduce their margin on those transactions, but they hopefully gain additional um, revenue from other, other items within the store. And it's really been a, a significantly successful program for us. Um, so we, we're extremely thankful and grateful uh, for the relationship that that we've been able to foster with NYSEC because as I mentioned, we've got 51 counties across New York State, but the broader program, uh, we've got 242 counties or municipalities across the country. Um, shortly, you know, in the last five years, we also got the endorsement of the Connecticut Conference of Municipalities. 
they've been an incredible uh, partner as well. Um, so when you when you look at the program, um, you know, in its entirety, uh, it's it's cumulative savings of of over three hundred and sixty three million dollars that ultimately has been you know mitigated in terms of cost exposure for members. That's really great. Thanks, Harrison. And I want to stop right there to talk directly to, to those county officials who might be listening uh, today. So what that means is that 51 counties have endorsed this program for their constituents. It doesn't cost the county any money. The constituent can go online and download a card and use that card in, in a participating pharmacy in your county and save up to 50% on a prescription that they are filling at that pharmacy. And so far in our relationship, that's 16 years of this relationship, there's been a savings of $292.3 million. Is that correct, Arison? That's 100% accurate, Mark. Um, and you know the, the truth is, uh, we you know, the, the, these programs accelerate and are most successful during their initial rollout. Um, and due to the mature nature of the relationship that we've had when we first have onboarded uh, most of these counties, we're talking five, six, seven years ago when they were initially rolled out. That's why I love the fact that we've come together to to to, to have this conversation because we we passionately feel that there could be additional constituents out there that just recently moved into the area, moved into the area from a different state and aren't aware that there's this free benefit out there. To your point, doesn't cost the county anything. We facilitate and provide for the cards. We'll engage with, with the local pharmacies, make sure that they have inventory of cards at hand. Uh, should someone walk in and not know that uh, that there's this uh, this this financial relief uh, as far as prescription drugs is concerned. Uh, we'll also engage with some of the community uh, organizations, social services, uh, Office for the Aging. We've even uh, participated in some uh, local county fairs. Uh, the idea and the premise behind that strategy is we wanna make cards available at any access points where there could be the potential for someone who might be struggling at the pharmacy counter to access the drug and ultimately save some money. Great, thank you very much. So again, if you're a, if you're a county legislator and you have a district, you can offer this benefit to the constituents of your district. If you're a county supervisor and you you have a, a town, you can offer this benefit to the residents of your town. It's free to the municipality. It's free to the county. Uh, it, it is free to the New Yorker, to the constituent you're serving, and they save money. So this is one of the constituent service programs that you can offer as a county official, as a, a public servant, so to speak. So uh, that's why we, NYSAC, work, is working with PROACT and KPH Health, the KPH Health team to bring you this service. So thank you. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the Pharmaceutical Benefit Management Program, or the PBM, um, the, the, that's one of the arms of the KPH Healthcare Services. So what is a PBM, Arison? Uh, that's my first question. So for, for listeners, what is a PBM? And then how many counties in New York are you working with today? Absolutely. So to, uh, a, a, a PBM, Mark, as you as you mentioned, the acronym stands for Pharmacy Benefit Manager. 
And ultimately, uh, PBM's purpose, uh, a PBM's purpose is to serve as the conduit between a self-insured entity or organization to ultimately access, and first of all, a pharmacy network, which is ultimately for us represents over 67,000 pharmacies nationwide. Um, it also serves as the, uh, the conduit for those claims to actually process or what we classify in the industry as adjudicate. So there has to be an engine that kind of sits in the middle, receives the claim from the pharmacy. Uh, the, the patient goes to the pharmacy. They go to the, uh, from their doctor, they go to the pharmacy. They hand that, that prescription in at the pharmacy counter. Um, that At the point of sale, there's somebody that's keying in and accessing who's covering this member, right? Who's paying the claim? That's when at the point of sale, our system gets pinged. We verify two things. Um, is Mark Levine eligible? Yes or no? And if so, what's his copay on that particular drug? We feed that information back. We ultimately process the, the, the claim. We pay the participating pharmacy or the dispensing pharmacy. And we ultimately will turn around and bill the client for, the, for, for those goods, uh, for lack of a better term. We're also actively ensuring that the, the dispensing pharmacies are bringing the best value from a cost standpoint to the, to the clients that we're privileged enough to, to call partners. We're also submitting uh, to pharma for rebates, which are ultimately just uh, dollars that come back from the uh, manufacturers, depending on the product that's ultimately dispensed and consumed by, by members uh, of that particular uh, group. It could be a municipality or private employer group, uh, whatever the case might be. The days in which you could come in, walk into a room with a private employer or a municipality and say, hey, I've got the best pricing, I've got the best service, I've got the best clinical team. Um, that, that's what everyone's saying, right? So it forces us to focus on the one or two things that truly makes us unique. And for us, it just so happens to be um, uh, what, what, what drives us individually as employees here at, at, at KPH Healthcare Services, which is our ownership structure. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Mark. I, I'm sure you are, actually. Uh, we are 100% employee-owned. And uh, for us, that, that truly drives our, our value proposition within the PBM space, because while there's you know, 20 other PBMs that'll say best pricing, best service, best clinical, there's not a single PBM on the market today that can say that they're 100% employee-owned. So for us, it's not just something that we use as a motivator internally to motivate each other as employee owners uh, day in and day out. It really is what drives our value proposition. And you know, whether it's our partners, or our clients, they usually, once they hear that, you know, that we're 100% employee owned, I think it sparks conversation, it's intriguing. And they usually wanna know, what, well, what does it mean for me as a client or what does it mean for my clients as a, as a business partner? And you know, we feel that our ownership structure affords us the ability to address two of the biggest issues that seem to continuously plague the PBM industry. The first one being uh, there's constant mergers and acquisitions. It, it would appear as if every six months you're reading about one mid-sized PBM that's being consumed or acquired by one of the big three PBMs. Um, what people usually don't see is the, the hardships associated uh, hardships and disruptions associated with a merger and acquisition. 
There's typically formulary changes that occur where a, a member might have been taking a, 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 a particular product that in, in the first PBM is a preferred product and the acquiring PBM has that particular drug classified as non-preferred. So those are tier disruptions, which ultimately indicate additional dollars being spent month to month on maintenance medications potentially. So because we're 100% employee owned, the likelihood of us being sold, bought or sold is virtually uh, none. There's virtually no chance that, that we will ever experience a merger or an acquisition. So that allows us to address one, one factor. The second biggest factor is um, you know, the lack of transparency and the, the constant need to appease Wall Street, right? And because we're 100% employee owned, as I mentioned a minute ago, we ultimately answer to each other as employee owners. We're not making decisions based on what's going to appease Wall Street, some analysts down in New York City. We're making decisions that are ultimately going to dr drive that lowest net cost for our clients because we understand the value in uh, the long-term retention of clients. Um, and for us, I, I, I would hope it's indicative in, in our retention rate, which right now is, is sitting at about 97.5%. So we, we're candid and, and, and transparent in saying that we're certainly not bringing on new clients at the rate at which you know, one of the big three PBMs is doing so, nor do we aspire to, because we understand that there's also significant value and the long-term retention of the clients that you're privileged enough to call partners. Um, and the last thing we want to do is just bite off more than we can, than we can handle. There's a lot that you put into that answer, Harrison, and I appreciate everything that you just said. Uh, and, and PBMs and, and, and pharmaceuticals and the healthcare industry, it's a fairly complex when you start to peel back the onion. And you started to get into some of that complexity, but I want to break it down uh, real quick in terms of why NYSAC is partnering with PROACT. One that you just mentioned is that you are an employee-owned organization, uh, and, and two, that you're from New York, uh, that you were started here and that you grew up here, uh, and that so your employees, or most of your employees, are New Yorkers, right? That you yeah. live, you work, and you serve in New York, uh, and you benefit the employees that are there. Uh, that's why we started working with you. That's why we continue to work with you. And that's why we continue to have this relationship and encourage our counties. If you're out to bid, if you're a self-insured county and you're out to bid for your insurance uh, for next year, for the following year, um, and, you, and you need to look for savings because we all know that health insurance costs are one of the biggest cost drivers in a county's budget. If you're looking for some savings, you, you have to include PROACT or you should include PROACT Pharmaceutical Benefit Management Services into that RFP. Um, make, make the competitors sharpen their pencil uh, this is a group that is transparent, that is working with in, in New York, uh, and they could help counties save money on their PBM. So uh, appreciate that, uh, Arison. So uh, to, uh, coming back to you, who, which counties are you currently serving in terms of uh, PBM? So right now we've got 12 that, have that, that we administer uh, some component, one component or another of their employee prescription plan. We've got Monroe County, Schenectady County, Cattaraugus, 
uh, uh, Greater Tompkins County, Madison County, Onondaga County, so our home 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 county, uh, Oswego County, Wayne County, Columbia County, Franklin County, Jefferson County, and uh, St. Lawrence County as well. Great, that's quite a few. So if you're again in the market for a PBM, or if you're if you're self-insured, how does a county um, if uh, how does a county uh, explore PBM. Maybe right now uh, they have an insurance uh, broker or an insurance consultant that goes out and gets the bid for them and brings it back, right? So if a county wants is listening and wants to say uh, to their insurance broker or consultant, you know, I want I want to explore uh, Proact. I want to see if their PBM is any better could could be better for our county. How would they go about doing that, Erson? So, Mark, it's as simple as them reaching out to us in one of our uh, you know, our email aliases that we have set up, um, just sending out uh, a quick email expressing interest. We would then, in turn, reply, uh, usually within 24 hours, providing them with the, the high-level overview of what information we would need to get uh, an opportunity assessment going or a savings analysis conducted. We fully recognize that you know most counties have uh, a, a broker or consultant that they work with. We welcome the opportunity to engage with that whoever that person might be um, to, to just better understand where they are today and where they might be seeking to, to head tomorrow. Um, I'd love to be able to say that you know every single opportunity we take a look at their significant value in. The fact is there are plenty of cases where we come in and and it serves, uh, if nothing else, as a, as a validation that of the deal that they might have in place today. Um, and we're happy to do that, happy to benchmark their current, uh, current uh, partner um, and ultimately serve as a, as a source of education, right? Because uh, what we do know is that, you know, pharmacy healthcare costs are significant. They usually represent, you know, anywhere from, you know, 30 to 50% of an, of, uh, an employer or or municipalities overall healthcare costs. And all that people generally know is that it's expensive and that it's consistently going up. But very few times is there an opportunity to truly have an, uh, a chance to learn what it is that you're paying for and how you might be able to positively impact or mitigate some of those cost trends that we're seeing. And for us, we see significant value in empowering our partners, empowering our constituents, uh, our, uh, par our participating counties with understanding how the, the, the PBM space works and what questions to ask and, how, and, and strategies uh, through which they, they can hold their, their current PBM or their future PBMs accountable. And that has really driven an organic way for us to continue to grow our fo footprint in New York. That's a really good point, and I want to I want to just uh, um, uh, respond to that point, and that that is that uh, the programs that NISAC supports and, and has helped to build right insurance programs, pharmaceutical benefit programs, things like that. They're they're probably not the only programs in the market, but we endorse a certain uh, companies or work with certain companies because of the unique value they bring to the counties, right? Uh, so, so Arison said it, it, it doesn't really matter if you don't pick PROACT as the PBM. If you're exploring a new PBM or breaking out your PBM from your existing uh, set of, 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 of self-insured county program, right? 
you can go, you can ask PROACT to explain, uh, you can go to them with an RFP and, and ask them to um, uh, uh, educate you, right? You, you your county uh, and, and force your existing PBM or your existing um, uh, consultant to sharpen their pencil to save the county money, right? That's ultimately what you're trying to do. Save money and provide better services for your employees. And, and that's what PROACT can help you do. So thank you, Arison, on that. I wanna shift um, at this point, unless you wanna add anything to that, uh, Arison, before I shift to vaccines. No, I think I'm good. Thanks, Mark. All right, so thanks. You can reach out to me, Mark Levine, uh, if you have questions or how to connect with Arison, or you can reach directly out to um, uh, Arison Rodriguez uh, at, in, at PROACT or Casey Diamond uh, at PROACT. Now I wanna shift to vaccines. This is what we've been working on, battling the COVID-19 pandemic for the last 13 months. And for the last five months, after the uh, um, emergency authorization of the COVID-19 vaccine, New York State and our county governments have been working together to try to put as many vaccinations in arms as possible. We, we're continuing that fight now. There's light at the end of the tunnel, but it has not been uh, easy. But and we haven't been able. We haven't done this on our own. We've we've worked with uh, pharmacies across the state, and we have um, uh, John with us today to talk a little bit about what what the um, the uh, KPH has been doing in terms of, of helping us vaccine New Yorkers. So I wanna hand it over to you, John, to talk a little bit about what you've been doing. Sure, thanks, Mark. Um, I'll take you back and give you a little bit of history about how we got involved with the vaccine and how all of this came to light and what we did, not only in the organization, but outside of the organization as well. On January 5th um, at five o'clock, we were, I don't wanna say summoned, but we were, asked to join a call with the governor's chambers to talk about how pharmacy could play a role in an upcoming vaccine strategy. Again, um, a lot of unknowns at that point. Nobody really knew what was going on. It was a, a call to action, uh, five o'clock on a, on a Tuesday evening. Um, by Saturday, January 9th, um, at, at that five o'clock call, the, the governor's chambers had asked us to think about one pharmacy per county where we could provide vaccinations the next week or so. Uh, four days later, January 9th, we as an organization made the decision to go all 75 stores in our uh, drugstore division to offer vaccines the following week. So we went from zero stores to all 75 stores in, in less than four days with our first vaccination happening uh, January 14th. Um, and that, our first vaccine happened that day, but we also did um, probably close to 300 vaccines that day. Since that inception of our vaccine program, we vaccinated close to 7,500 people per week in the early stages. Now, go back, I told you 98 days from our first vaccine, go back probably 60 days, um, even that the first 30 to 45 days of vaccine offering, vaccine appointments um, were filling up in, in hours. So we would fill up 7,500 vaccine appointments within hours of, of releasing those appointments. And now we kind of fast forward to where we are today and we see a 
kind of a, a drop in the demand for vaccines in the next probably 20% of the population needs to be vaccinated is probably going to be our, our hardest, um, our hardest days because it's really talking about vaccine education and how do we convince the vaccine hesitant folks to really get that vaccine. So our strategy has evolved in 98 days, um, but we have vaccinated over, we've provided over 210,000 vaccines. And when you think about that, that's not 210,000 New Yorkers, that's probably about 100,000 New Yorkers when you think about the, the fact that most of those vaccines have, have completed their, their two dose cycles um, as well. And so what, we, what I want everybody to understand is that as an organization, employee owned organization, we had the ability to, to kind of make some quick decisions. So what we were doing in our drugstore was pretty standard, but in my opinion, it just it truly wasn't enough. It was, this is great for the traditional person that has the capability and the capacity to book their own appointment. It was technology savvy. That was really a, a kind of privileged New Yorker, in my opinion. And I thought we had to, to do something different to really show what we were here for, what we were all about. And that's when we, you know, we started a partnership with the New York State Office for Aging. And we did a 21 county pilot where we offered um, the, the, the partnership offered techno technology support for those that were technology challenged. So those seniors, um, that most vulnerable population that was not able to book their own appointments, the Office for Aging targeted those, those patients and they were able to secure appointments for them using our offsite clinic model. So we had a, a 21 county pilot and we offered our services to all 21 counties. And, and the way I looked at that was, you know, we had to look at our backyard first. We could not focus on a county that we did not have a brick and mortar location. So we wanted to take care of our initial footprint counties and then expand those you know, once we kind of made our way through um, our footprint. And, and that's really where we are today. We're actually in counties that we never thought we would be um, vaccinated in. We're um, headed to Chautauqua County next week. We're in Erie County this week. Um, counties where we have no brick and mortar. And, and frankly, people don't know who KPH is. Um, they may know who PROACT is, but they don't necessarily know our, our full family company, our full family of companies. So it is it is definitely evolved, um, but it has been something that has to, to show what we've been able to accomplish in, in a mere 98 days. I think about, you know, I, I, I hadn't really done the math until preparing for, for this discussion to say, it seems like it's been forever because it's been a, a pretty taxing process. But when you think about the accomplishment of, you know, 210,000 vaccines in 98 days, that's, that's pretty, um, pretty phenomenal for, for um, New York. That's great. You know, 21, uh, 21 county pilot, uh, you're expanding beyond the, the, the counties that you have brick and mortar stores in. And in the, in the, in the, it's to achieve the same mission that we have. Uh, we, you know, counties run the local health departments. So we saw, uh, we do public health from the, the county perspective, the regional, the local perspective. And we have been working on, you know, uh, getting the vaccines uh, as far and wide and in, in New Yorkers' arms as possible. And, and we appreciate our partnership uh, and for you helping us out here, helping all New Yorkers out by expanding your reach uh, and, and providing those vaccines across the state. So um, thank you for that. Um, 
that this this about does it in terms of our uh, conversation today. But I want to I want to go back to Arison one more time to see if there's anything else to add before we conclude today's podcast. No, Mark. Ultimately, I just want to thank you again. I think that it's easy for folks to um, think of our organization as what it perhaps was 15, 20 years ago as Kinney Drugs, Pro-Eye kind of scratching the surface. Um, the truth is today we stand as an organization that's a nearly $2 billion provider of pharmacy healthcare services, uh, serving clients and members of virtually every state across the country. Um, and we employ 4,000 employees, most of which are right here in, in, uh, in New York. Um, New York is our home. We remain committed and, and, and passionate about serving those communities and any opportunity that we have to foster new and lasting relationships, obviously we welcome them. So uh, to your point on the PBM side, um, you know, definitely don't feel compelled, uh, don't, definitely don't feel um, hesitant to reach out, even if it's just for an education session, we're happy to support those conversations because we understand that those investments, those type of conversations can ultimately yield organic opportunities in the future. So, you know, definitely appreciate the time. Great, thank you. And John, where are we going next in terms of uh, vaccines? Uh, what do you see in terms of um, uh, your your um, your prediction for when New York, when we'll have herd immunity in New York and, and any other things uh, that we should be looking at in terms of helping to vaccinate as many New Yorkers as possible? Sure, yeah, Mark, I think that the, where this where the vaccine process goes next is coming down to convenience and, and back in the beginning the first you know 30 days of, of the vaccine process people would have driven three hours into any location that had vaccine or vaccine availability to to get themselves protected and, and get their family protected and now we're at a point where um it's, it, that is no longer the case. It has come back to when is it a convenient location, a convenient time for me as the, the person getting vaccinated. And so our, our approach is, is kind of evolving pretty, pretty rapidly. What my plan was on Monday is no longer my plan and it's no longer gonna be my plan on, on Saturday and, and Sunday as, as we progress. But right now what we're looking at is bringing vaccine to employers and employee groups so that we have the ability to, you know, kind of educate them right from the start and talk about the vaccine hesitancy. Maybe we go in with an education mod, uh, module first and then we come back and provide the vaccine because there is still a significant portion of people that are just unsure about the vaccine. And I think that the education piece is going to be very critical in the next 30 to 45 days because supply is here. So it, there, there is an abundance of vaccine supply, not only in New York, but uh, across the country. And we really have to target the people that are unsure or don't under, fully understand the need for herd immunity. Do I think we're anywhere near herd immunity? No, the numbers, it's not, a, it's not a thought, it's a fact, right? The numbers show that we're nowhere near herd immunity and we have to focus on, on getting people to understand the, the need for herd immunity. So education I think is going to be um, number one. I think marketing in, um, is going to be another huge kind of component targeting different people changing the strategy. So we have, you know, college kids that will be coming home, returning back. And so, you know, the, the campaign has to be focused around, you know, fill your fridge for your kids, but also schedule them 
a vaccine appointment, really kind of taking that into their hands, the, you know, tugging at the parent, getting the parent to convince the, the college age student, the, the superhero college age student that doesn't think that they need the vaccine to really get the vaccine. And then we wait for the emergency use to um, go down to a lower age bracket. And then we have another set of challenges on our hands. So how do we get to that 12 to 16 population? What comes after that? So the, the vaccine piece will, will continually evolve. Um, the J&J &J pause really has had no direct impact on, on us as an organization because we, had, we hadn't um, been involved in the in the J&J distribution. We have been focusing on Moderna and Pfizer. So it really has not been, um, we have not in, been impacted by that at all. Okay, great. Well, we need to keep this conversation going, John, because uh, that's our goal too. We, we, we're turning to education. We know that there are vaccines out there and there are New Yorkers who need to be vaccinated. So how do we get those, uh, how do we get those uh, people who might be unsure about the vaccine uh, to, to go in, make an appointment and, and get vaccinated? So we're turning our attention uh, in that direction too. So I want to thank Arison Rodriguez and John Marafa from the, um, the KPH Health Services Group and PROACT, our longstanding partners, uh, and Casey Diamond, Kate Pierce, and Juanita Mungia for all helping to coordinate today's podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of County Conversations. We hope that you will keep tuning in for new episodes each week that feature insightful conversations on current and topical information focused on county government. Until then, feel free to reach out to our staff if there are any topics that you would like to hear us discuss or join us as a guest to discuss on the podcast.